You're listening to Students of Success, a podcast that drives visionaries to pursue their passions and construct positive breakthroughs. My name is Ben James, and I'll be sitting down with creatives to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and how to make a meaningful impact. In this episode, I'll be interviewing Grace Carr Harkins. Grace is the senior class president and has gone through a remarkable transition. Grace is also a member of AG Cancer Society, where she helped to set up the school's first AG-thon, which raised over $12,000 for the Be Positive Foundation, giving hope to children who are dealing with cancer. Grace is also on the tennis team here at Avangrove and works at the local Jennerville Dairy Queen. In this episode, we'll dive deep into the emotional struggle that she faced when losing her brother in fifth grade and how to deal with adversity. So without further ado, please enjoy this emotional interview with Grace Carmichael. Welcome to the show, Grace. So, I have known you since freshman year, and I think both of us have changed a good amount. We went from me kind of copying your homework and you being a better student in math class to now we're, you know, you're still a little bit smarter than me, but we're on the same, we're, we're more on the same path where we kind of have our, our values together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how have you changed since freshman year? Um, well, going into like, sort of what I wanted to do, if I was thinking about my goals, they didn't change as much when it related to my set career path. I've always wanted to be a teacher since I was in sixth grade. Um, I had a really good experience with one of my teachers and I just was always inspired by that. But mainly sort of the decisions that I was making um, outside of school. I was hanging out with sort of the, um, the wrong crowd, maybe. I wouldn't even want to say the wrong crowd, but with just a group of people that encouraged me to do things that I probably wouldn't have done on my own. Um, and that was sort of a bad time. I wasn't, I wasn't really inspired to do anything in the school that would better anybody, like that would benefit anybody else. Um, so going into like sophomore year, the end of the year, um, <laughs> I kind of had a funny story. It was, there was like an announcement um, when I was in the library during study hall and we were all sitting there and it said, oh, if you wanted to run for a senior, or not a senior, if you wanted to run for a um, student government position, then fill out the papers, blah, blah, blah. And I made a joke and I was like, oh, what if I ran for class president for junior <laughs> year? And everyone was like, oh yeah, like blah, 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 because they knew I wasn't really going to do it. And then, um, you know, I was like, no, yeah, I'm totally going to do this, like blah, 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 still just joking. And then I went to lunch next period, and someone who I'm not going to name, um, <laughs> she, I said it as a joke, and she was like, you would never win class president. Are you kidding me? And I was so upset, and of course out of spite, and then a little bit out of my own determination, I ran for class president, and I got vice. And then coming up to this year, when I ran for senior class president, I won. And I don't know, it was like a weird experience, but it sort of for me shows how when other people doubt you, that'll sometimes give you the determination to do things that you don't really think you would have done before or things that you never saw yourself doing or didn't think you had the ability to do, you know? Yeah, that's really, that's really awesome. I think transition is really difficult. It's kind of being self-aware. I think you, you've really gotten a lot of that. You, you say that's your monumental moment, sophomore year. Were you involved in any other clubs before all of this student council and our student government stuff? Yeah, um, I was always involved in Cancer Society, which has, I've obviously still been involved in Cancer Society and is, has been a really big part of my 
um, high school career, but I was never a cabinet member or like in the leadership positions for Cancer Society. Um, I always just sort of went to the events and did sort of the bare minimum of what I needed to do. So I think after sophomore year, I had more determination and I wanted to do it. I wanted to be really a part of it and make a difference. What do you guys do in Cancer Society? Um, in Cancer Society, we basically just raise a lot of money for people in our community who are battling cancer, families who are battling cancer, or have a child who's battling cancer. Um, before we donated to one person, but just because of like um, restrictions with the school, we couldn't donate directly to the family. So we went through the Be Positive Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that donates to um, Be Positive kids that basically like end their families. So we just sort of donate all of our money to them, and then it goes to a bunch of families. So it's not just one person, but it is still people that are in our community that we know, like Abby Supley. She was a B-positive kid when she was, like, five years old. Cool, so. cool. So what else have you guys, what does Cancer Society host? I, I know you guys work with people who have struggled with, you know, such a terrible disease, but what have you guys done in the school that's made a difference? Uh, well, this year specifically, we had our first ever AG-thon, which um, Abby Welcher and I, and uh, Ronnie Reisinger as well, we all sort of wanted to be in, like, we wanted to have an all-night thon, um, and then the idea really spread. Brett Young was a huge help. He wasn't even in Cancer Society, and he came and wanted to be a part of it, wanted to help plan it. It's basically just an all-night thon where we were dancing and had different events, singing, um, like karaoke at one point. We just had a bunch of stuff that we were doing, and um, it was all night. This year it ended a little bit earlier than <laughs> expected, um, but we're gonna. hopefully they're going to continue to do it in future years. And we raised um, over $12,000. That's really great. That's so great. Yeah. Um, so what? So we talked about what you do in Cancer Society. <laughs> what is the job of president, and how are you juggling things like THON and then planning graduation or fundraising for the senior class? Because I know that's a hefty job. So how are you juggling all of that? Um, kind of not. I really just... I don't know, I take it a day at a time. Being president is, um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of extra time and it's a lot of dedication. You have to really want to be the senior class president. You wanna be able to, um, you know, spend the time. You need the time to do it and it has to be your top priority. So when everything with AG Thumb was happening, um, I did try my best to, you know, organize my time and make sure that meetings and stuff were not on the same days and doing stuff like that. Um, but sometimes they would overlap and I'd have to go and be the senior class president or I'd have to go and be a um, head committee member for AGthon, but I had to pick. And that was probably the hardest part because juggling everything is really just juggling everything, <laughs> just sort of picking and choosing like what you can go to, what you need to attend and what's more important. Um, but like on top of that with schoolwork and I played tennis in the beginning of the year, and it's just a lot. You just really have to take it day by day and figure out like what needs to get done by what day, and make sure that everything does get done. Because if it doesn't, then it falls on you. You know. Yeah. No, for sure. Do you do anything outside of school as well, on top of all these class or uh, school school funded events or school like activities? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually work at the Giantsville Dairy Queen. Been working there for like 
three years now and I work a lot, but um, that takes up a lot of my time too. Sometimes I can work like 30 hours a week and that's on top of like all these other responsibilities. So it's a lot, but I think it's worth it. I think you said something important there about responsibilities. What have you learned about responsibility? Because if you're working 30 hours a week, that shows me that you may be paying for things on your own. So what are you learning from that about growing up and being a really a functioning member of society and while you're still in high school? Um, <clears throat> I think that a big part of responsibility is knowing what you want, knowing your goals, and then knowing what it's going to take to accomplish your goals. So for me, like, my mom has always been a really big help in my life, but one of her things was if you want it, then you can get it yourself. So, like, when I wanted to play tennis, like, I got all those forms together myself. Like, applying for college, I did a lot of that myself, like, with her help, but not, I think, as much as some other students would have. Um, she always, like, gave me the encouragement to do things on my own because she knew that I could. So I think that she was a big help in making me a more responsible individual. So I feel like you haven't really been like your hand hasn't been held through all of this. Where are you getting this motivation to, you know, you, you touched on somebody telling you you can't do it, but that's, <clears throat> I feel like that alone won't motivate you or getting a job and being like, I wanna make money, I wanna be able to pay for things on my own, uh, I wanna be able to play tennis, I wanna be in cancer society and organize great things for the school. Where do you get that motivation from or that drive from to say, okay, I really wanna do this, this is gonna make a difference because is that was that taught from a young age? Did you just learn that by go, by going along? Or, you know how does how does that work? Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, I had a really good experience with um, one of my teachers in sixth grade, which is kind of an early age to have some like an an important experience with a teacher. Um, when I was in fifth grade, my brother passed away from a drug overdose, and that was really hard on me and my family. But um, the following year in sixth grade, I. It was going to be his birthday, his first birthday without him. And I was really upset in class, just really struggling to focus. And my teacher said something um, unintentionally. He didn't know the situation. And it just sort of um, made me really upset. So I started crying in the middle of my class. And I'm just a little sixth grader, so it's sometimes hard to keep your emotions in. Um, and I started crying. And then he asked me to go outside before anyone really noticed. And I went outside. And then he walked out a couple minutes later and I'm just sort of crying, trying to stop crying. And um, he just asked me what was wrong and I explained the situation. I told him that my brother's birthday was coming up and that he passed away the year before. And he just sort of got down like on his knees and he was like looking at me, um, really gave me a lot of respect for being so young. Um, and he just basically told me that when he was 14 years old, his mother was diagnosed with cancer and she passed away about a year later. And he kind of gave me a lot of words of wisdom and a lot of hope that for a better tomorrow. Um, he said like, you know, you're never gonna forget the pain that you're feeling, but every day it's gonna get easier. And that for me was um, something that really helped me when I was trying to sort of, you know, cope with losing my brother at such a young age. Um, when I was just mourning his death. So I've always wanted to be that person for someone else, have my experiences and let other people know that it will get better. Um, that experience really just inspired me to help others as much as I can because you know whatever you're going through, 
it can really um, it can really be upsetting it can really be depressing I was going through a lot at that time so you know for him to help me was a big moment and I've never forgotten like his words I've never forgotten his message to me that day yeah. so if I can do that for someone else then I want to I think that's really important um, at, at home I can see how it'd be a struggle when your parents are mourning too and you're in fifth grade and sixth grade what is that like do you, do you think that that struggle is necessary to grow do you think that that pain really helped you to mature into who you are today and be more aware of what's important to you because I can't imagine how your parents are feeling at this point when they they lose their son you know that's devastating and, and for you that's your big brother he's taught you things so what is what does that experience give you when you when you're finally here you're like wow I learned so much or is it kind of like I just want to block that out I definitely think that it's more of a wow I learned so much um, I I think it gave me more understanding of other people. I don't think, I think it's really hard to look at somebody and not judge them. And that's something that I'm still struggling with today is not just judging people based off of their previous decisions or, you know, whatever their situation is. But, you know, my brother was my hero. He was one of the best, most smart people that I've ever known in my life. And he just struggled with addiction. Um, so I think that some people may look at his situation and think that, well, he was like a drug addict, like he was doing everything wrong. But like, I know the other side of him. I know the good part of him. And I think that it's really hard for people to try to focus on the, you know, the good side of people. I think it gave me the ability to take a step back and try to get to know somebody before I just judge them off of that first, you know, the first thing that I see about them that may be bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't imagine what that feeling is like, you know. I feel like I've dealt with things, but then you you talk to other people and your problems just go really small. They just become really small compared to the problems of those. Can you tell me what that um, sixth grade teacher was like and how they were able to help you? Because you said from such a young age that she was he or she was really a mentor. Can you give me some insight on who that teacher was and how they helped you so much? Yeah, um, so it was actually a he, it was Mr. Yohannan. I was in Red Pod in sixth grade at the Avangrove Intermediate School. Um, I don't believe that he teaches there anymore, but um, I do hope eventually to see him again and sort of thank him. Um, he was basically, in the beginning of the year, when it was close to my brother's birthday, um, after that experience, he would always like check up on me, say like, "Hey, how's everything going? Like, how's how's like your house? Like, how's your home life? How's whatever?" Um, and he didn't make me feel like weird about it. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't always just like, "Are you depressed?" You know, it was sort of just like, "How are you? Like, I want to know like what's your life like." And that was really nice because I had always felt before that that everyone just sort of was watching over trying to make sure I wasn't gonna like you know freak out and kill myself which mm -hmm. I know that's sort of an extreme but I understand that a lot of people when they have a really bad experience can you know get to those extremes um, and I think it was sort of nice when he was just he just wanted to know how I was and it just felt sincere um, he did that like throughout the entire year he would recommend me books and I got really into reading and it was really nice I think for a while he said the way that he put it was for a while it was really nice to, you know, hear someone else's story and get wrapped up in someone else's story instead of always having to sort of be with your own reality because sometimes reality is really hard to deal with. And, you know, reading a story is sort of just like, 
you know, an hour long break where you get to get wrapped up in a fictional, like a fiction or, you know, something really interesting. So I started, I read The Hunger Games like three times, which is sort of embarrassing, but it was, you know, like he recommended it to me and I loved the book. And, you know, it was something we got to talk about at the time. So he just really helped me um, in sixth grade and sort of helped me mourn and figure out ways to make it a little bit easier every day, you know? That's really awesome that you had a mentor like that to go through such a tough time. So I have two questions mm-hmm. off of what you said. The first being, did you have friends there? And did you open up to your friends about what was going on? Because it's a really difficult time, but I know sometimes when I'm going through a difficult time, I may not feel like my friends are the best people to tell because sometimes they're kind of wrapped up in their own thing. And especially at that age, it's even for you, it's hard to understand what exactly happened. So... Did you open up to your friends and feel like they were good people? You know, I'm just I'm, I'm wondering how do you how you deal with that at, at such a young age and how your friends handle stuff like that. Um, I will say I think that in fifth and sixth grade everyone is very immature. I was still immature, just going through something that was very difficult, um, and I I didn't even understand sort of what I was going through. So it was really hard to talk to people that I definitely knew didn't understand. Like, the concept of death, I think you understand in fifth and sixth grade, and you understand that it's sad, but not a lot of people are um, dealing with a death that's so close to home and, you know, in your immediate family. Um, Plus, you know, when my brother was addicted to drugs and we were having to deal with rehab and a lot of those things, I never talked to my friends about that. And I really wanted to stick to this idea. I wanted to have this um, sort of mask or, like, I wanted everyone to think that I was okay and I was fine and I had this really normal life. And with that, you know, I'm a very sarcastic person. If you've had a conversation with me, you'll know that. Um, So, you know, I would make jokes about stuff and I tried to just be very lighthearted in school. So I kind of kept that side of my life away from my friends as best I could. And I remember that the week that I was coming back after he first died, my guidance counselor asked, like, okay, we're going to tell the school, like, we're going to tell the students that you know, something happened, like, we're going to tell them what happened, and, you know, we just want to make sure that we can do that, and that you don't, and I almost wanted to say, just don't tell them, like, I don't want anyone to know, because it was, you know, that was a lot, I didn't want people to ask me about it, I didn't want people to do anything like that, Um, but they did tell the students, and everyone was very nice about it, but I still never really got into the details with any of my friends at the time, because it's hard to get into the details, because you just don't want to be judged, you know? I think I think even now it's hard to get into the details and really thank you for opening up about that. Um, so what you, you say you got into reading and as a sixth grader, I would find it hard to comprehend books that are really teaching you things. But what did you get out of books like The Hunger Games and, and what is the value in, in reading at that age? I think that for me, um, it, a lot of it was it was this really cool story and also the female character in the very beginning was just powerful and she could do anything and I know it's that that series was um, very popular at the time and I was really happy that I read the book before I watched any of the movies or anything um, because I sort of got to envision this character that I looked up to like she was very brave and she did things she was a selfless person, and I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, being able to read a book about a female character that was so powerful was very inspirational for me, and I think that that 
was, um, you know, that was one of the things that when I was growing up, I was like, I want to be, like, I want to be selfless and I want to help people and I want to be brave and I want to be all of those really cool characteristics. Um, but, you know, it sounds a little bit silly because it's just a book that was turned into a movie that was sort of, you know, everyone read it. But for me, it was really cool and it did inspire me and especially from the teacher that was like a mentor to me when he recommended it to me, I, I wanted to read it even more. Right. I think the role that Mr. Johanna plays is pretty pretty cool and, and how that female character can really inspire you. Um, so going forward, I think, you know, you, you deal with something from such a young age and <clears throat> did you almost feel isolated because you had gone through something that nobody really understood? So, you know, did you did you try to connect with your friends in a way like, just trying to fit in or did you try to kind of isolate yourself and be in your own world because whenever something happens for me I, sometimes I'll find it difficult to just really get into you know that that flow of just being like yeah let's you know collect silly bands and stuff in sixth grade whatever <laughs> you do in sixth grade or do yeah. you or do you kind of just say like you know I, I think I'm kind of understanding what path you chose but you know how do you deal Again, do you just be normal and have it in the back of your mind? Or were you kind of battling with that every day? And how do you get out of that kind of, not rut, but that like nobody knows what I'm going through kind of thing? So, um, when I was going back to school, it was very difficult at first. Um, and it was sort of, it's just an everyday sort of battle. And, you know, as the weeks go on and the years go on, like I still think about my brother every day because he was a huge part of my life. Um, and he really did inspire me in many ways. Um, but every, every day it gets easier and every day you can sort of look back on your memories and smile instead of cry. And I think when I finally did and I finally was thinking about him and not getting upset, I was just happy. That was when I felt like the healing was happening. Um, but it's not, it was not healthy. For a while I was you know, trying to put it behind me and put it away and just sort of not think about it because if I didn't think about it then I wouldn't get upset. But when you do and you finally start thinking about it and you let yourself be upset, that's when, that's when you can start to heal and that's when you can start to be happy that you had the time that you did with whoever that person is for you. Um, I know a lot of people that have lost family members, immediate family members, um, you know, fathers and brothers and sisters, mothers, not to rhyme or be weird. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of conversations with those people and that's sort of, that's sort of the biggest healing tip, I guess, that I could give to anybody because I have agreed, that statement has been agreed with with a lot of people. Um, you just sort of have to get through it because mourning is, it's inevitable. You have to do it. You can't just get, you know, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to be done now. I'm not going to be upset about this. Um, but I think that as my, my fifth and sixth grade self, me trying to fit in and be normal because it's, you know, it, you know you're about to go to middle school and you want to be cool and you're getting a locker and you want to get your locker password and you want to get an A on your test and, you know, you have to sort of get through those things before you can try to be normal, you know? Yeah, I think that's super powerful. Um, one final question regarding your brother. 
If there's one thing that you take from that experience or one piece of information or something that he lived by that you really cherish, what would that be? Hi. Um, well, there's a lot. Um, beer is like candy, um, if you were wondering. Um, <laughs> that's probably not a good thing to say. <laughs> um, but no, uh, he really... My brother was really good in school, and he really did, he loved, like, he did appreciate education. He thought that, he always wanted to know more, and he always thought, like, he really loved reading, too. Um, he was, like, extremely smart, and, you know, he used to get, like, Bs, like, he was a B average student, but he never did any work. Like, I'll tell you, I've never seen my brother, like, I never saw him write something. <laughs> like, he didn't have to do any work. He just tested well. And, you know, I remember one time he was with my sister and he said, like, my sister was doing homework and he was like, you know, if I just did my homework, he was like, if I ever did my homework in school, I would have had hundreds in every class because the only reason why I lost points on anything was because I didn't do my work. And she was like, well, why didn't you? And he was like, because I didn't want to. He was like, I didn't have any motivation to do it. Um, so I think that, you know, for him, like, would just be like, do the work, do what you need to do, like work hard for it. Uh, like obviously he had a lot of problems outside of school that sort of prevented him from putting in that time and the effort. Um, but you know, aside from that, also live a fun life. He was really, um, he always wanted to go out and do something. Like we, we loved going to like amusement parks and stuff together. Like we just loved doing fun things. Um, you know, he had a lot, he used to teach me a lot. Um, when I was younger, and he made anything fun. Like, he could make games out of anything. So I don't know if, I don't even know if he would have one piece of advice, but just, you know, sort of live your life to the fullest and do what you need to do to make it, you know, to get your goals and make it fun, make it worth living, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I really appreciate you talking about that. I, w I want to talk about something a little different and go back to what we were initially talking about, mm -hmm. about all of your activities and it's a lot. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, you're not in like eight clubs, but you're in four clubs that take up so much time alone <laughs> that, uh, and activities that I'm confused on how you're juggling them. But I also want to know if you are class president, if you are in cancer society, if you do tennis and work, do you really enjoy that, or is it more for a resume thing? Because I know a lot of students can get in this kind of mindset where their parents are telling them, you have to be in NHS, mm -hmm. try to be in student government, in student council, get involved in everything, get A's mm -hmm. in everything. So, you know, balancing schoolwork, actual paid work, and activities, what is that like, and is that really something you enjoy? So... First of all, I love everything that I do, and I can honestly say I think that my life has just been so much better since I've been more involved, and my high school experience has just been so much more full since I've been more involved. Um, I have been asked that question a lot, like, you know, do you, like, is this just for a resume? Do you, like, why do you want to be senior class president? Why do you want to do all these things? Um, I can honestly say it's not for a resume. If I wanted to put something on my resume, I wouldn't have been senior class president because the workload extends much farther than the college application period. So that's not the reason at all. Um, 
being senior class president, um, being involved in Cancer Society, tennis, all of those things, even my job, um, it's, it's an experience and it teaches you a lot about who you are and it also teaches you a lot about the people that you're surrounded by. Um, all of the things that I'm involved in have given me the opportunity to work with people and talk with people and, you know, be part of their life and, you know, part of their high school experience. And that to me was really important. I always, I really like having the, you know, having a position where I can help other students and I can be, you know, a resource for people. I know like on the first day of school, I had at least five freshmen come up to me and ask me where their classrooms were. <laughs> and it, it made me happy. Like it made me happy to be like a friendly face to those people who are probably freaking out because they don't know how to open their locker again or like how to do any of those things. Like they're scared on their first day. And like for me to be someone that they can look up to and be like, okay, she's not gonna shove me in a locker. You know what I mean? Like I've always wanted that. Um, and also, you know, the workload, I, I've learned to juggle it, but, you know, it, it is hard to juggle it. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's worth it. Like, I really love my school, and I love the environment and the experiences and opportunities that being an Abingrove student has given me, and I wanted to give back to that, like, me serving the school. Um, I thought that it was important that I did something if not multiple things that could benefit not only the school but the students in the school and sort of say thank you for giving me this four-year experience that has you know changed my life and made me you know a better person you know what I mean yeah yeah I think that's really powerful how have you as senior class president tried to make a difference or an impact in the students coming up because we are we are getting a new high school soon <coughs> for those who don't know um, what, what are you leaving behind well, um, we have had actually a few changes this year. Um, there's been some minor changes. I would say definitely one of the things that I'm most proud of was my involvement with AGEthon. Um, I think that the event, I, Cancer Society has never, like at the end of the year, we haven't even raised, you know, more than $5,000, I believe. So to raise $12,000 on our first year, that's going to go and help all of these different families, that made me so happy like just to know that they're they're gonna have a weight lifted off of their shoulders um you know like I don't know and I just know that the future years are gonna be so great and they're just gonna you know raise more money involve more students it's gonna be more fun and I I don't know just being a part of that first the first time that it ever happens um, that was really important to me and it's something that I can look back on and be like wow like you know I was a part of that and I think I think that's probably one of the biggest changes that we've had this year and obviously that was not just me anything that I've done in the school I couldn't have done without the help of others and you know being student class president being involved in like all of these different things um, it's given me the opportunity to meet a lot of people that can help me make um, these differences and these changes happen because you know Teamwork makes the dream work, and <laughs> I just know that that's really true, especially when you're trying to make a big difference or make a big change. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really cool cycle how you've come from wanting help of others when you're dealing with things of your own to now understanding their position, in a way, of those children. Because, you know, you, you came from a place where you were really young dealing with something, and I think you can really connect with those kids who 
although you, you thankfully didn't deal with cancer yourself, you're dealing with that pain mentally of how do, how do I get past this? So I think the compassion that you show is really cool to finally be able to give back and, and be the first one, that catalyst for AG-THON, and I hope that continues. Um, but what are you taking yourself from high school? Because you've obviously been a role model for people, but then for the people who've made a difference in your life, what are you taking and what are your next steps after high school? Um, well, for what I'm doing after high school, I'm going to be attending Millersville University, and I will be studying secondary education in mathematics. Mathematics part is um, up for debate at the moment because calc is just very difficult if you didn't know. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be studying secondary education, and I hope to work in a high school, obviously. So basically, going to school to go back to school, um, which is fine with me. But I hope that in the future I can, um, you know, help others out of college. I want to join the Peace Corps, and they have different programs where you can go for like a year or two years and go to a different country and you know, educate some of their students that are there. And hopefully, because I will be getting my education degree, I'll be able to go and do that and help some of those students before I get um, a more steady job, like here. But I really just want to do that for the experience. I think it'd be really humbling and give me a better understanding of, you know, the world, not as much just America. Like, I know, I know that we all love McDonald's, but I think that there's definitely more <laughs> to people around the world than you know, just they're experiencing a lot of hardships right now. And I think to be able to go there and see it firsthand and then help them the, to the best of my ability would be a really good experience for me. Yeah, I, I see a common thing in, in your life is that when you are either able to handle adversity or see adversity and help others handle it, it teaches you a lot. Would you say that this is something that students need to be able to handle? And if so, how do you go about handling that? And, you know, I haven't dealt with something to the same magnitude as you, but I'm sure some students have. You talked about Abby Suplee, who's dealt with cancer herself. So what is that? Do you, do you need something powerful and moving to help you grow into a person, or can you just learn from seeing it? Like, do you need to experience that yourself? Um, well, one, I, do, I don't think that you need to... I think that everyone has their own hardships and their own struggles and, you know, as hard as you think it may be, I think, you know, for me losing my brother was probably one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with, but for someone else, their hardest thing that they've ever dealt with can still teach them the same things and the same ideas. Um, I think that you can choose to you can choose to not judge people. You can choose to do all of those things. For some people, it takes a really difficult situation to understand why you need to make those decisions and why it's so important that you are less judgmental and that you are kind to others and that you you know, go out of your way to try to make a difference. Um, for me, I don't know if I would be the same person that I am now if I hadn't been through those struggles and had those hard times. But I know that some people who haven't had those struggles and haven't had those hard times can be just as good of a person and still try to help others and you know do the right thing whenever they can. Um, 
So I don't think that you need those hard times, but I think that for some people who do go through those hard times, they learn it a little bit faster and um, it, it kind of hits you all at once. You sort of have like this, wow, this is really hard and I need to, like, I need to do something to be a better person because I don't want anyone else to feel the way that I'm feeling right now. Um, so no, I don't think that you need something that's very difficult, but with that, you do have a new understanding. Um, and, you know, yeah, I, I don't think that you, I don't think that you need to go through something very hard to be a nicer person, I guess. It's probably not the right way to word that. No, no. You know I, what I mean? I, yeah, no, to develop and everything like that. You, you touched a little bit on dealing with things, and I don't mean to keep bringing it back up because I know it's hard to talk about, but That's okay. for a student who may be dealing with the same thing and not be in a great place mentally or physically, what did you do and what do you continue to do when you, hand, when you deal with adversity that allows you to come out strong and use that to fuel your fire instead of water it down? Um, now, I think my biggest change would be that I talk about everything. Um, I don't really have a problem with bringing up difficult topics or trying to, you know, fight for what you think is right, any of those things. Talking about how you feel, I think, is very important. And, you know, you should just... I think that if someone else is going through something that's very difficult or they're not really sure what they should do about something, then, you know, talk about it. You know, under try to understand yourself and try to understand your viewpoints and what you think is right and what you think is wrong and, you know, your own morals. Um, when you have an understanding of what you think and not let that be influenced by other people, then it makes it a lot easier to, you know, fight for what you think is right and be able to talk to people about, you know, different difficult subjects I think um, I'm trying to be politically correct here <laughs> and I really shouldn't at this point but you know yeah I, I talked to Austin about kind of that authenticity that's so important and I think you guys both represent that I think you guys have given a true meaning of yourself I think with the walkout and everything mm -hmm. that you know Gabby and uh, Chelsea and Devin and everybody else uh, that was really special I think you guys really made it special for the students who you know that's a hard time those Parkland victims but I think it went past just dealing or memorializing a shooting mm -hmm. it was a time when I, something I had never seen when all of our students gathered in center court and were able to be silent for a good amount of time. I mean, it was a long time. We were just sitting there. Yeah, and, 17 minutes exactly. Yeah, and it was, there were no cell phones. There was no Instagram, social media, anything that we deal with. It was just us in the most organic place we could be, and that's just with each other all together. And I think what you guys did connected a lot of students where it's mm -hmm. like we're not alone. Uh, I thought that was really special and to honor the victims. What, mm -hmm. you, you know, we deal with, mental things and you've dealt with adversity where you could have just crumbled really easily and you could have went on a completely different path how how do you you know what what is the main problems because we see these things like mass shootings from kids being from not being able to handle adversity or we see 
other kids bullying where you could have went and picked on somebody because you didn't have the best time going on at home because it's hard to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And you're, if you're able to put your emotion into someone else, it makes it easier for you. You know, I've, I've been there when I'm dealing with stuff at home and it's like, well, this will make me feel power. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just put it on you. And I've also been on the other end of bullying where you feel like crap because somebody's picking on you. Mm-hmm. So what do you tell a kid um, in that situation? Or what do, you, what do you think is the problem that we're facing when, with all of these kids you know, acting out? Um, I think that every situation is different and you sort of need to look on, an, on a case-by-case basis. Um, but one of the most common characteristics of somebody who is bullying another person is their own insecurity. And not talking about the things that are bothering them. I know that, you know, I didn't talk to my friends as much when I was going through what I was going through, but, um, you know, even now, if you're upset, having one person that you can talk to and just get your feelings out there is so helpful. And I think that a lot of the guidance counselors are really underestimated. They are here to help you, and they want to help you. They have a career. They built their career around helping students and Mm -hmm. helping people. Um, I think that I wish that it was more advertised that you can go to a guidance counselor and talk to them. And we used to do a lot, or we used to have, I know it was, you know, we'd like fill your bucket, and we did, I sort of forget some of the names, but... I feel like now we aren't doing as much to uplift students and uplift people and encourage them to, you know, be a better person. I know that, you know, with the tag movement with Alex Searle and yourself, um, I think that has a really great meaning and there's a lot that can happen with that and hopefully that could make a change and, you know, that could change the way that people think when they are going through something hard and maybe they wouldn't want to bully as much. Maybe they would... Maybe people will be more open. I think there's a lot that needs to change, but if enough people sort of come together and can talk about, you know, this is what I'm going through and this is really hard and I don't want to hurt anybody, but I'm upset. Like, I'm having a hard time. You know, having someone to go to and having a group of people that you know won't judge you, that could be really beneficial for some of those students that you know, have those insecurities and maybe otherwise would be bullying or would be making decisions that could end in um, a lot of hardship, you know? Yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying, but how do you think, you know, you're, you have some experience with starting things and really making an impact. For you, how do we go about making an impact on younger children and allowing it to stem from the bottom and grow up. So, you know, take your time on this answer because it is kind of loaded, but what's really going to make a difference? What can we do to actually change the culture? Where we, we have a safe environment here, but some, some students, I mean, it's a public school. You're not going to have all sunshine, sunshine and rainbows all the time. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to really make an impact? Honestly, um, I don't know. I don't think that there's one answer to how are we going to make this big difference? Change is very, it, it takes a very large group of people, you know, and I think getting a whole school to, you know, join together and, you know, we are all going to be kind and we're all going to do this or we're all going to do that. It's very difficult, especially when people are going through so many things. Um, I think 
having more options for, you know, guidance counselors, advertising more guidance counselors, having, you know, a safe place where you can talk to somebody and yeah, feel safe. Um, and then also, yeah, I know that we had talked about starting from like a young age, bringing up like the tag movement, bringing it up to younger students so that then that moves into high school, like they grow up with it and then they understand it and appreciate it and want to follow that going into high school. I think that's a really good way to start. Um, but change takes a very long time. And I don't think that, I think if we start now, then that's great. And hopefully we can make a difference for some students, but it will take, it's gonna take a very long time, I think, um, to really see a big change in our culture. And, you know, at least if you can get one person a day to do something nice for another person or to just overall try to change, you know, the way that they speak about certain topics or you know just overall be a nicer person then that's making a big and that's making a huge change just in your life you know what I mean if every one person helps another then that doubles the amount of people that are going to be just a little bit nicer every day you know what I'm saying yeah exactly um if you could give one piece of information to somebody who's struggling right now you know if I could hear something freshman year of a mentor like the senior class president to tell me one thing of how we can make a difference because there are a lot of kids who get involved but not until their junior year mm -hmm. and that's why it's or their senior year and that's why things like senior class privileges will start mm -hmm. senior year because obviously we're only going to care about it when we're seniors <laughs> and then it'll fade right back out and it's this constant cycle so what can you tell kids about um about how they can make a difference. Just one, just one thing. Um, you, you talked about just being nicer, but um, that's pretty simple. But just going forward, what is the one thing that we could do? Um, I think that if you, if you are like a freshman or a sophomore and you're, you, know, you have a lot of ambition and you're saying, I really want to make a difference in my school, then don't be scared to go out and you know, run for office. You know, it, it's really hard to make a difference when you don't really have um, a platform to do so. And I think, especially in my junior and senior year, I've, I've had that platform and it has made it a bit easier to go through with some of the changes and things that um, I wanted to start or I wanted to be a part of. Um, so I think trying to get a platform, get some sort of following and you know try to work with that um, also sort of never just bring up a problem. I guess this is sort of a weird piece of advice, but if you are trying to make a difference or make a change, try not to just bring up a problem and say, we need to change, like we need to change the culture of Avangrove. We need to whatever, we need to try to fundraise more money or we need to do, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, don't just bring up the problem, try to bring a solution to that problem and say, this is how we can do it. That's what I think a leader does is you are able to collaborate with other people and then figure out like how are we going to make this better instead of just saying i want this to be better say this is how we can make it better and you know be willing to listen to other people some of the best things some of the best ideas that i've heard were through other students that you know just thought of it randomly and then they don't have the platform or they don't have the confidence or they don't have whatever to get that you know to get that to go through so you know just try to 
figure out your ideas, get everything that you want to go through um, in order and get it all organized and talk to other students, work with other students, and you can really make a much bigger change that way if you do that. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been really a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing everything. I know it's difficult, but I think it'll teach a lot of people some very important tips as they grow up. Um, so thank you. If you'd like to be featured on the show, please email me at bjames at myagsd.net. And until next time, thank you.